Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. You're with Lembit Opic on today's news talk radio, TNT. Greetings, planet Earth. Lembit Opic here for another three hours of news and comment about stories, making the headlines and getting people talking all over the world. We have a truly international show. I'm joining you uh, from London here in the United Kingdom, uh, but we'll also be going across to Bulgaria to our regular contributor, a lawyer called Ivailo, who will give us the central to East European perspective on the antics of Western politics and the stresses that's creating across the continent of Europe. And also after that, we have one of my all-time favorite artist activists. Uh, she's called Sam Rapp. Uh, she'll be talking about what she's been doing in regard to dyslexia. But not just that, uh, she'll be talking about the relationship between culture and politics. All of that in the next three hours with me, Lembitopic. But don't be an idle observer. You can go to the TNT website and have your say as well. I love to hear what you think, even if it's critical. As much as I can, I involve your comments and your questions to my guests as we go along. It's a busy time here, of course, on the show, as we always get deep and heavy uh, with the guests. But you're most welcome uh, to get involved. Uh, once again, just go to the TNT radio website and you'll find the chat there. And I'll have a look at it from time to time. Really looking forward uh, to the prospect uh, of hearing what you have to say. Uh, three eclectic contributors, starting uh, with Sandy, who uh, really has a very interesting uh, take on Agenda 21, which is basically a way of imprisoning you in your local community. She'll tell you more about that in a, in a short while. Uh, be warned, people like me have studied the United Nations, and they're not the angelic, life-saving, peacemaking organization that they claim to be. Well, you'll hear much more about that from uh, Sandy pretty soon. Before we go to that, a couple of comments I want to make about two stories which have really struck me as interesting, quite different stories. One is about the beautiful intelligent and measured decision by the Americans to attack sites in Iraq, causing Iraq to say, to interpret what they've been suggesting, that if the antics of the Americans continue as they are, they could ignite a regional conflict. And that could get even bigger. I think the word they've been using is conflagration, which is a fancy word for big fire. Now, think about the irony of this. The United States, the United Kingdom, went to attack Iraq on a false prospectus, as we now know, a dodgy dossier to bring peace to the region. Now, all these years later, Iraq, apparently subjugated from the evil Saddam Hussein, is being bombed again when we're sort of in control. Apparently, it's okay for the United States to bomb Iraq or anywhere else it wants, but woe betide anybody who sets foot in the same aggressive way to the United States. What is this? It's a word we return to very often here on TNT. It's hypocrisy. Might is right in the eyes of the White House. Joe Biden, in his stuttering, stalling way, defending the fact that when Americans get harmed, well, we will respond with, uh, with a, a, of our choosing, end of quote. That's the man who has decided to personally authorize attacks on Iraq. I think this is dangerous. I've always thought of shouting is better than shooting, as proven in Northern Ireland, and we'll return to that next week, where 
former enemies are actually working together to run a nation state. That's not the solution that you get from the Americans. And I fear for the future, I think that they have really made a mistake here by provoking countries which until now perhaps have been more than a little patient with what the United States and others have been doing. Want to know your views on that? Go to the TNC site, tell me what you think. And here's the other one. It's a beautiful story. The BBC reports that in pictures, Sultan Saharan Sands turned seaside skies pink and purple. In short, what they're saying is sea salt and sand from the Sahara has produced beautiful, beautiful sunrises and sunsets in the north of England. And then they indicate that this is a thing of beauty, an aesthetic delight from nature. What they don't tell you is that they're happy to blindly and unquestionably comment about all the evil particulate matter caused by human beings. Ladies and gentlemen, sand and salt are, wait for it, particulate matter made by nature. So when we're told not to drive petrol and diesel vehicles because of the evil perils of particulate matter, which allegedly have killed one person in London in the whole of the last what, 50 years, though I don't believe it myself. I think she was sadly, uh, well, acutely ill anyway. They decide that's because human form particulate matter is evil, but natural particulate matter is beautiful. This is the fallacy in the end of reason. This is the problem when you have ignoramuses when it comes to climatology and basic facts about bits in the air pontificating, because when it suits them, they say it's nice. When it doesn't suit them, they say it's evil. And invariably, in the second instance, it doesn't suit them when humans made it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are not guilty of ruining the planet. We're not guilty of producing unseemly quantities of particulate matter. But my suggestion to those who claim that we should cut down on the PMs for short, they should put a great big plastic bag over the whole of the Sahara and make sure all that evil sand doesn't come here. Otherwise, we're just simply whistling in the wind. I want to know your views. Of course, maybe I'm just being too fundamentalist about science. I happen to be a bit of a scientist myself. What do you think? Do you feel that we are pariahing ourselves, even though there's really nothing to be scared of? And finally, if particulate matter is so bad, why does the mayor of London, the man we love to hate here on TNT Radio, uh, TNT Live, uh, decide to make us all go into the underground where particulate matter is 600 to 3,000% more than it is at surface level? Oh, the contradictions, the gifts that keep on giving. We expose all of these here because TNT is all about free speech, lighting the fuse for it. Maybe you have a different view. I'll give you the right to reply. Maybe you agree. I'd like to hear that too. Whatever your views on any subject, join the chat. You'll get the most from the programs then. I'm Lembitopic. This is Lembitopic Show. Get my name right in a minute on TNT. Keeping the commitment. I love you guys. Unbelievable. 24-7. Listen to you every day, have for years. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Let's move immediately on to another bet noir of mine, the United Nations and the antics it is imposing on ordinary, just about managing people all over the world in the name of our own best interest. Ever heard a dictator say that? I think so. The latest, most frustrating thing is what I thought was a joke policy when I first heard it in the early 1990s, Local Agenda 21, is actually being implemented. What is this policy? Why does it set me into a respectful and measured rage? Well, 
Somebody who can tell you even more about this than me is Sandy Adams. She's a researcher, activist, and podcaster whose work focuses on the rather sinister reality behind this particular policy. And she joins me now. Sandy, thanks for joining us here on TNT on the Lambertopic Show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm sorry, I had a few technical issues. I don't know if you can see me, but if not, uh, my yeah, my computer was a bit strange this morning. <laughs> well, if those are technical issues, you still look better than I do. <laughs> So send me those technical <laughs> issues after the show. Oh, right. Uh, no, it's, um, yeah, I'm using my phone, which I didn't want to use um, because my computer was uh, playing up with Zoom. Anyway, never mind. I'm here. <laughs> it's, it's it's created a soft focus tent, which Carol yeah, King would be proud one, of. Though. It looks a bit Vaseline lens, doesn't it? But that's probably good for me. <laughs> Well, well, we'll we'll play some of her best music in the background if we can. If Murray can, the studio can find it. Uh, you're based. Before we go into the into the chat, and I'm so glad you're here. I suspect we have common cause. You. you don't yeah. like uh, local Danger Twenty One, but I do like where you live. It's Glastonbury, isn't it? Yes, I yes I know. Uh, it's a it's a great place. Yeah, I used to. Uh, in fact, I think you came into my pub once. I used to run a pub called the King Arthur, where um, there's a lady I think you know lives next door. Lovely Wendy. I have absolutely <laughs> known as the Beast by her ex partner Ian Much, oh, yes. who surely you know. He's a big <laughs> character in the town. I know, uh, ladies yes. and gentlemen of the world. Indulge us for two minutes while we talk about Glastonbury. This is as parochial as we ever get in TNT. The saving grace is that most people, I hope, have heard of Glastonbury in the festival, which isn't in the town. It's a few miles away. But I used to stay in uh, stay in uh, Ian's house very often. He uh, He's a motorcycle activist, actually, a, a hero of mine from the early 1980s. Uh, and he lives in the street with the Arthur, which isn't the same as your pub. What's the name of that street? Is it Church Street? I can't remember Benedict the name. Benedict Street. It is. It's Benedict Street. Yes, and we right. walked to the we walked yeah. to the King Arthur because there was a music night uh, and it was a fantastic right. evening. Um, yeah. The beer was expensive, though. Oh, yes, I, I'm sure. The, the trouble is I, I gave it up in, in lockdown because I couldn't cope with all the all the nonsense that came with it. So I, I sort of uh, gave it up and decided to concentrate on because of what happened, um, you know, concentrate on really getting the word out. So, yeah. So I don't have it anymore, but it's in good hands. <laughs> well, it's, it's great to meet you again. And just for the benefit of our viewers and listeners, uh, we didn't pre-plan this uh, regroup. Uh, it's a coincidence. But you know what I'm beginning to notice? Uh, those on the side of free speech tend to... Uh, tend to begin to coalesce now it's like the puddles are forming mm. lakes and the lakes can form an ocean so it's maybe not that surprising uh that uh that we're like this for example uh, if, if there are callers and if you want to call the show you're most welcome to do so uh you'll find the the, uh, the numbers in tnt i often find that the callers sound very much like my friends and i know that uh, those in glastonbury some of them are very very into the environmental movement and i obviously don't support that because i don't think they're misguided uh uh and I'm just wondering if um, if you're feeling that there's any useful fight back going on in terms of free speech. We'll talk about Local Agenda 21. Or do you think that we're still under the jackboot of authoritarianism? Um, I think I think the, the more people are waking up at the moment. And 
it seems to be um, quite exponential. But when I first moved to Glastonbury, I was absolutely hated. You know, um, I moved there in 2009. And by 2010, 2011, I was being really vocal about Agenda 21, which it was then. It wasn't even 2030 at that point. Uh, it didn't become 2030 until 2015. And um, most of the, the town were sort of XR, very, very, very Extinction Rebellion, I mean. Um, and, uh, you know, Earth First, you know, sort of uh, just stop oil. Um, and it was it was almost as though I, I was absolutely loathed because I was quite outspoken. And there's been a big turnaround, uh, which I'm, you know, I, I didn't know whether it would ever happen, but I, I just continued just speaking the truth, speaking what I know. And sure enough, it's there's a big turnaround in the town, which is brilliant. There's still quite, obviously quite a few, uh, including the town council who are almost like less than dinosaurs. They haven't caught up yet. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed there's a strong green strand there, uh, in, indeed. Uh, though I think that green strand is residing in, in ignorance. There's no science in it at all. Uh, now, you said that you feel a slight change. I, I regard Glastonbury is very, very endearing place. Uh, it's it's a little bit like like Brigadoon, the, that legendary place, which I think appeared once every seven years. And so it kind of gets left behind a bit. But when you're there, there's a genuine goodwill there. And I do feel that there's a proportion of environmentalists who really think they're doing the right thing. But there's another group who are vicious and cynical and try to cancel. And like you said yourself, cancel people like us, not because we're wrong, but because they are. And they can't win the argument, so they try to shut us down instead. What's your feeling about that? Well, it, I, I've noticed it recently, um, you know, with uh, with the town council, um, you know, the, the mayor, um, unfortunately, she is a, she's been an activist for 30 years, a green activist. And she, so there's no rational debate. And that's what I was trying to do when I held a, an event called the Great Net Zero Debate. I gave the council four months to respond to, I, I just said, look, you've declared a climate emergency off on your own back. You have no recourse to the people or anybody else. You've just declared a climate emergency and you're, you're rolling out net zero policies within the council. Um, and I would like you to defend your position because we can defend ours. Um, and I held this big event, which 200 people turned up to. Um, and it was it was a really interesting event because they refused to have a debate. Uh, some of them turned up and bless them. The ones that turned up, I thank them from the bottom of my heart, because at the end of it, they said, thank you. We've learned a lot. But um, the main people who didn't even bother to um, to really engage with it was the mayor. And um, she, you know, she, she anyway, it turned out that we put we put forward with I had two climate scientists there and one was um, ex um, IPCC international uh, intergovernmental uh, panel on climate change. He was ex United Nations consultant. And he's he's turned full circle. In fact, he wrote a book called Chill in the early 2000s, and he was completely ostracised from the scientific community for doing so. And uh, another another climate scientist. And we we managed to get our point across, uh, but they didn't defend it. And then afterwards, they they moaned that it wasn't a debate, um, that they they you know that they didn't they didn't have a say well you didn't come forward with a debate so we, it turned out to be a q and a um which was the best they they would give us um and even then they didn't engage 
really well with the Q and A either. So it was it was interesting. <laughs> yes, well, uh, you know, a woman after my own heart here. I have sought to engage with uh, climate uh, warmists, basically people who wrongly believe that human beings are primarily or singularly responsible for climate change. And increasingly, I've noticed they walk away. They won't engage because they haven't got anything to say, really. I'm sorry, sorry to comment. They don't seem able to to engage at a, at a, at a rational level. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, that in a short uh, in a short while. Uh, you're listening. And also, we're going to have a call from Siv in a few minutes time. If you've got comments on what you're hearing here, then do get in touch. You don't have to agree with what we're saying. I will read out the contrarian views as well. This isn't all about uh, propaganda. This is about opinions and whatever those opinions are, including my own, well, express them, but separate them from facts. Uh, all you have to do is go to the TNT site. You'll find the chat there. Uh, it's really busy today. I'll get to that in a short while. As, as I say, stay, stay on the line uh, because I want to hear what you have to say about climate change as well. You're listening to Lembit on the Lembit Opic Show right here on TNT. TNT's Darren Denslow. Yeah, I'm talking about the illness. Actually, that has done, has been doing the rounds. Not have we only seen a, uh, a mass influx of people waving their COVID tests online. Look, I got a red line. It's like, oh my God, people are testing. Or people, you know, trying to encourage others to wear their masks. Um, but there has been a talk of a dry cough. There have been doctors coming out saying we've seen loads of cases of that. Uh, have you been suffering from, you know, a bit of cough and flu or cold? Or COVID. Well, Darren, I, COVID. I, I just I just did my eighth test oh, and okay. um, I, I'm just going to keep doing it until I get lines and lines. Why? Well, because work's coming back up, isn't it? Digging deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNT Radio. Live. Today's news talk radio. TNT. At the moment. Greetings. Welcome back. Planet Earth to the Lembidopic show where we take a global perspective on affairs of the day. We've already talked about the environment. Uh, we've been discussing the ridiculous obsession with human generated particulate matter. It sounds a bit technical, but I assure you, in the UK at least, that's why they're trying to stop you driving your petrol and diesel cars, or one of the reasons. And we're talking about the idiotic local agenda 21, which we're just about to cover with Sandy. But before we go any further, I was talking at the top of the show at the beginning of the program, how skeptical I am about the 
situation when it comes to uh, blaming human beings for climate change and blaming human beings for killing individuals for particular matter. Maybe in the case in 1950s Britain, when you had very big smokes in London, but these days I don't think it makes a difference. Joining me now, all the way from Australia, it's Siv. Good evening to you, Siv. How are you? Not bad, Earth to England. Yes, I'm still here. How are you going? Very well, actually. Looking forward to my my uh, uh, guilty my guilty pleasure this afternoon, uh, which is yes. the England versus Italy rugby match. We got a oh, big yes. competition it's called the Six Nations. It just yeah, the French got the French got roundly beaten last night, seventeen to something. I forget exactly what the score was. By, but uh, they, by, by they a record by night. by a record number by a record number. Yes, it was. Some cruelly it describing was, it as I'm the. I'm looking forward to following. I'm also looking forward to following our two teams, mine being the R's, QPR and uh, Leicester City, although <laughs> I think Leicester City will be doing a bit better than my team. We were going to go to the drop zone, I think. I think that's, Siv, that's where we were going to go. Siv, this causes a problem between us because I happen to be a Leicester City supporter and I have been <laughs> since 1975. What are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? Look, um, the, the climate change issue. Now, I... That's interesting that you had that comment there about uh, 1950s England. I would imagine it would be very similar here. When we, we were having smokestacks and factories and, you know, manual um, labour and all the rest. But I just think the whole thing, the more over the top some of these advocates are, the more the rest of us actually switch off and go, oh, yes, you again. And I, and I do think it is preposterous to suggest that we, as human beings, have control of the weather. I wish we did. Then, you know, I I could send a little bit of heat your way because we're, we're <laughs> in some parts of the country getting 32, 33, 34 degrees. And some of you in the north, I think, are getting snow or whatever, or you have been getting snow. So maybe right. we can send you uh, some heat. It would be absolutely fantastic. We've got the worst of both worlds here, Siv. Uh, outside my television studio here in South London, it is currently a miserable and totally grey seven Celsius. I travel yeah. quite a lot, so I can live with it. But every time I land in Heathrow, I just think, why do I live in Britain? <laughs> um, having said that, the, there's an interesting point you're making here, Siv. I feel that there's an arrogance comparable to that which made us claim that Earth was at the center of the universe when we think we can, technical word coming up now, terraform the Earth. What terraforming means that we can define the climate. And Siv, I don't know what you think about this. There's a lot of comment I can see in the chat today as well. And thank you, there's a record number of people following the show today. I wonder what you think about this. I wonder if this is because people have no concept of our relative insignificance compared to the multi-trillion ton atmosphere, which barely notices us at all. But we want to think we're powerful. Like we wanted to think we were in the center of the universe in the past. There's one word that could be, uh, that could summarize all that, hubris. There's a word, look that up in your dictionaries. I think that is what we're suffering from. Um, you know, and I, and I, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. But you know, they've been talking about controlling the weather for decades. They've been talking about sticking things into the clouds and, you know, trying to change, um, you know, the direction of the heat so that it wouldn't be on us. If we were in, I'd put to, put it to the warming advocates like this. If we were in an ice age, I think more of us would be killed than would be killed if we were in, say, as, as, as we are a warming period. I would not want to be in an ice age. I'd rather have at least some warmth. 
even if it means mm. I might have to take my clothes off. And that's a terrible thought. Yeah, um, yeah. Hold that thought. I, there are some thoughts you can't unthink. So, <laughs> and this is a family show in the United Kingdom at the moment. You're not, you're not, not even past the watershed where you are. How dare you? No. Um, one more, more quick question. I've got to get yes. back to Sandy, but one, one more question. Uh, I'm, I'm leading the witness here because I'm telling you what I think in my question. Have you noticed that when they say that people who think human beings aren't uh, significantly affecting climate change, that we're climate change deniers. Have you noticed they're the climate change deniers because they think they can stop climate from changing for the first time in the history of the Earth? And if they can, what on earth does that say about their lack of respect for nature? Nature well, changes there is, climate. There, well, well, there is that. But uh, I think that that word denier, and I think we have to stand up to this. And this is this is me being on the soapbox and thumping the table a bit. I think we need to stand up against all that nonsense because if we do genuinely in our countries, Australia, the UK, and indeed the US, if we say that we believe in free speech or I think the other technical mm -hmm. phrase that's used in, um, I think it's our constitution or whatever it is, implied freedom of expression, which is that legal term, meaning that you can say whatever you like as long as you think about how you say it. Mm -hmm. If we say that, then we shouldn't be closing down other people for having an opinion that's contrary to that which is being expressed. And I think a lot of these shouty types don't sort of see it that way, but that's why they're the shouty types and we're kind of <laughs> calm, sage and reasonable. Good to talk to you, Lambert. And you said you're definitely going to love my show next week. I got a chap called Brian Catt who will do chapter and verse about a legal case going on in the United States called Man versus Stein. It's all about what we've just discussed here. Siv, a real pleasure to speak with you. Do keep your clothes on if you're in a public place. That is Siv in Australia. What do you think about what you've said? Uh, I've got lots of comments. I'll come to them a little bit later because there's so much uh, going on here. Uh, i just got to tell one uh, story here uh, from Holly. Uh, this is to you, Sandy, who rejoins us. Uh, Sandy, uh, are you paying attention? Sandy Adams. Yes, I'm, I'm here. I've actually got Good. back onto the computer. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Listen to this. This is this is from Holly. Got to love the irony of Glastonbury, a globalist haven That's pretending cool. to be freedom loving, nice folk, all dancing in an elitist open prison, loosely called a festival. More money for bad local policies. No thanks. Back to the real world, please. Good for Sandy. You got a fan there, Sandy. And uh, 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 and uh, there's some other comments there. I don't know what you mean by hidden in plain sight. What, what do you mean? You're saying, Sandy, you're sinking. Get air quick. Not sure what you mean by that. But there we are. Uh, and just one more. Uh, common purpose and full swing ads, Holly, as well. You've got lots of people saying a lot of things there. Uh, after we've been talking, don't do it now, it'll just distract you. Uh, there's so many comments which you've provoked already. Let's now move on to Local Agenda 21. I know what it is. Tell us, in your words, how you interpret this extraordinary policy hatched in the early 90s, as I said, as I thought, as a bit of a joke, but now being implemented by the great bastion of irony, the United Nations. Sandy. And uh, while we're getting Sandy back, let me tell you, uh, I've been following this since my early days. Oh, you're back. Yeah. Are you are you chewing something, Sandy? <laughs> we got a few, I think we've got a few connection issues there. The studio will sort that out. Let me just uh, save a bit of time here. Uh, it's hard to believe halfway through, uh, halfway through the first hour already. Um, 
I was a local authority councillor in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen nineties, and I remember around nineteen ninety two, uh, this very green minded person in my local party presented us with local agenda twenty one. Myself and my friends were, were sniggering because it was seemed so ridiculous to us. We just thought this was completely tree hugging nonsense by rich people who probably go to um, Costa Rica for their holidays anyway, but don't want anyone else to fly. But lo and behold, about mm, 30 years later, it's a mainstream policy by the United Nations. What is all that about? Well, I think that this is about control, not just sort of thought control telling us that we're guilty of messing up the environment, but also life control by limiting how we live. And that's what bothers me about this, my friends. Uh, and this is why I'm quite curious to see how Sandy uh, in a moment will uh, uh, explain her concerns about this. And remember, she has experienced the kind of cancellation that I and many others have experienced. Uh, I want to just read you a couple of comments uh, just to set up this debate. Uh, it's all in uh, the chat. I don't have... Uh, uh, all that much time to go through them. But Lisa, you're saying Lembit the Posh Geek. What do you mean me? Okay. Uh, LOL. That happens to be the name of my business. Lembitopic Limited and Lembitopic Live sometimes as well. Uh, and uh, uh, a couple of other comments. Um, I, I won't go into the war ones at the moment because they're, um, uh, they're just not directly relevant to what we're doing here. Uh, but I will talk about the war ones at the top of the next hour because it's very relevant to my next guest. Uh, uh, Holly says, yes, love, Sandy. Big respect. Um, and Mogden asks, what's the zapper? I hope I'm not asking something rude there. And uh, Holly says, fighting the idiots in Somerset. Quite a lot of views there. And also, I get the sense that we have... Uh, uh, we have a rather good uh ex oh, right but how did you answer uh how did answer time go in Clanetley? yeah okay that's a slightly different subject i will tell you that at the top of the next hour i went all the way to Clanetley to meet people who have been on my show and who very much share the points of view we're discussing now i'll come to that here's the cliffhanger here's the teaser top of the next hour i'll tell you exactly Malibites, how it went in Clanetley. lots of other talking going on about uh Everything from uh, the hiding of the truth right through to the uh, uh, to the environment, and also about Sandy and the brief bubbliness in your sound. But we have you in glorious Technicolor now. It just keeps getting better. Welcome yeah, back, Sandy. Uh, it I, seems I like you can sorted it out with Zoom. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's be honest. You just don't know how to use a computer. That's all it is, isn't <laughs> I'll, it? I'll try my best. I'll try my best. It's, you know, <laughs> the AI. You know. <laughs> not my thing <laughs> well my, my impression is that Dastonbury only got electricity two years ago so you can be forgiven uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish I, we've got too much uh, too much going on with 5G there at the moment which isn't good yeah uh, yes, we'll have you back on another occasion about that and the potential damage it does for us. 5G being actually used as a weapon to disperse crowds in America. Another story. Right. So let's get back to where we were. Uh, we left you on this question. Tell us, what does Local Agenda 21 actually mean in your words? Well, Agenda 21 was launched at the Earth Summit in Rio in 1992, where um, uh, the, the organisers who were... Um, 
globalist kind of movers and shakers, you know, oil billionaires, most of them, and bankers, uh, they got 178 leaders of countries to sign up to Agenda 21. And then they decided to set up the IPCC, the Inter... Inter oh, no, the ICLI, uh, the Inter International Committee for Local and Environmental Initiatives. And that was used to bring the whole agenda from global to local. Um, and that is really why we found it in all our town councils, um, because it was almost a, an infiltration of every single town council in the country and in the world, actually, because it's obviously this is global. It happens in America, Canada, Australia, uh, everywhere. You know, sort of most Western countries have got Italy. Um, and so uh, it was implemented really as a, a means and they used climate change to drive this whole thing and if you if you don't do x y and z to save the planet then the planet will die and the thing is who wouldn't want to save the planet and it's such a clever way of doing it mm. um and this so, is why yeah so let me just let me just clarify uh just in, in my words because i think we're aligned here uh essentially what you're telling me is that there was this great big global policy that didn't really seem to make sense to local people so much. And then they decided that in order to involve not the the few, well, the large number of the thousands of very well-paid officials in the United Nations in, in this nonsensical agenda, they'd reach out to the 7 billion people or 8 billion people in the world and say, we all have to do this rubbish. Uh, and the difference, of course, being they can fly around in their private jets to places like Davos to tell us to do it. We're not allowed to fly at all because, lo and behold, if you go to Torremolinos, woe betide you for the carbon dioxide footprint, which will throttle the planet. And worse than that, uh, it's all for no good purpose, whereas their flights to Davos are well intentioned. I'm getting the sense that's what you kind of mean. But maybe yes, I'm just putting words in your mouth again. No, 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 you're absolutely right. This this is actually organized by a global elite who see us as um as as cattle, really. Um, and worse than that, I mean it's a very anti-human agenda, uh, except for, for when they need to use. I mean, the whole getting rid of meat and dairy is another issue, uh, destroying our farming. Um, you know, I, I've been talking to Somerset farmers recently who are being fed, they're, they're, they're being told they've got to phase out uh, cattle, uh, sheep and dairy uh, and, and they've got to diversify and set up alternative businesses. Otherwise, they won't get their subsidies. And this is why there's going to be very soon a big farmers revolt here, as well as what we've seen in, 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 um, in Holland, Germany and France, because we need to stand up because no farmers, no food. This is the big thing. And I've noticed in Somerset that when you look at particularly North Somerset have actually put out their mapping, their land mapping, interactive maps, and you press on renewables and the, all of the land in North Somerset is given over to photovoltaic panels, uh, wind, wind turbines and housing. There's no room for, for, for food, no room whatsoever. And in their local plan, all they talk about is sustainability, walking, cycling, um, uh, rewilding. They don't talk about food, and that's our biggest issue. Yes, this is the thing, rewilding, walking, cycling. That is the preserve of the poor and the middle class. The poor because they have to, the middle class because they can afford to. And it's almost as if we are ignoring 
what developed and developing economies are doing. The reason that China is building so many cars is because people don't want to cycle anymore. And if they can afford to get a car, they'll get a car or a motorbike. Um, I'm very keen on motorbikes myself. It <laughs> seems to me that what we are seeing now is the wholesale uh, surrendering of liberty or actually grabbing of liberty. It's not even a surrendering. Um, grabbing of liberty by those people who think they know best, who have a modicum of power and have the luxury of all that time to cycle to work. How are you going to cycle to work if you're a builder? You need your energy on the building site. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you if you if if you if, if you want to read Agenda Twenty One and the Global Biodiversity Assessment, which I, I I've been banging on about for years, um, really, it's a it's a control of all resources, and that's what they aim to do: is control all resources on our planet, be that water, land, human beings, means of production. Um, uh, you know, all, all of our, everything in our, you know, it's almost like an, a, a control and inventory. And the a lot of the documents I have are talking about the management of the planet, literally mm. the control and management of the planet. And really that doesn't include us. We have to be taken away from nature and they want to control the whole of the natural resources of our planet, whether that's energy, everything, just about everything. And education, uh, everything. A uh, couple of comments before we go to a break. Uh, Holly adds, Holly, you're in fine form today. Uh, Holly adds, trouble is it's so easy to control what we all do. Just the point you've been making, Sandy. We've fallen into the, the banking trap of control, reliance on things we can't produce ourselves, and for fuel that can be price hiked and taken away. Dangerous times. Good point there. Uh, another one, uh, Mr. Ted says, please don't forget to mention Julian Assange. Big thanks. Lots going to happen. Lots mm. going to happen mm -hmm. uh, about Julian Assange here on TNT. That's something to look forward to. And I'm looking forward to playing my part on that. And one more uh, uh, one more from Hidden in Plain Sight. It's green fascism, like the biggest one of all. Casey, I uh, uh, can't use some of the land there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, but I'm, I'm a prude, all right? I'm a prude hidden in plain sight. That's why I, I, I edit your words. If you want to see exactly what hidden in plain sight is said, you have to go to the chat. But I'll finish He's a radical Malthusian and leader of the green fascists that is a very big concern i do think there's a degree of that i think fascism maybe is a, is a is a strong word but there we go we'll see that uh we'll see we'll see how that plays out in the years ahead holly adds yes tessa Mont, if you're out there your man dave the farmer is one of these being affected get that deferent control out of it uh go off rewilding the already wild enough countryside. We all we need all our farmers. Tessa Munt was the member of parliament for the Glastonbury area. Absolutely superb person. I did actually campaign for her and helped her in her early days. And last one, just before we go to the break, uh, Hidden in Plain Sight asks, uh, Sandy, how's Kay? Does that mean anything? How is Kay? I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it's uh, maybe that's to me. Okay, well there we go. Maybe it's just yeah. code. Maybe that means that the revolution has begun. Stay with us, Sandy. You're Thank listening you. to the Lemon Opic Show right here on TNT. TNT weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The cyclone that's in the north of Australia is kind of unusual for an El Nino season. That's because we have not really had an El Nino season this year in Australia. The Southern Oscillation Index, the longest running measure of the ENSO or El Nino La Nina, has not cooperated at all. And we knew this was a problem way back in the Northern Hemisphere fall in our spring 
because we weren't seeing a lot of typhoons. Usually, when you have a big El Nino, you have a lot of typhoons going off, and we had the third lowest typhoon production on record, so something funky was going on. However, that Southern Oscillation Index is going to crash for the month of February, which means that our fall should be average in Australia. Now, I'm bringing all this up because that crash in February is linked to severe cold in the United States and Europe for February into March. And we're seeing another ferocious storm attacking Norway now. A lot of heavy rain is coming into Europe over the next week. Now, the two times that happened, it turned frigid in Europe. Same thing is going to happen. Mid-February to mid-March will be frigid in Europe. You see all these storms crashing into the United States? Well, guess what? It's going to turn frigid in the United States. In fact, for much of the United States, the worst of the winter is on the way. And just think, it all hinges on looking at the weather around Australia. Isn't that nice? Hands across the water. Australia, the States, and Europe. Kumbaya. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. I'm Sandra, this is Jorge, and we were adopted in 2019. I remember when they first came to us, Michael was already a teenager. The whole cliche of they're so lucky to have you guys, and it's no. the other way around. They have changed our family for the better. They chose to love us. They didn't have to. They chose us. Family. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. You're with Lembit Opic on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Greetings, one and all. Welcome back to the Lembit Opic show here on TNT Live. Uh, with me, we have a live wire. Uh, she's called Sandy Adams, and she's in Glastonbury, the home of radicalism, or maybe not so. Maybe the radicals have become the mainstream, and the mainstream have become the radicals. That's what I think's happened, Sandy. In the old days, right. science used to be mainstream. Now it's crazy to suggest that carbon dioxide generated by humans can't be wrecking the planet. How did we get here? <laughs> Um, it's it's madness. I mean, it, it really is madness. And and you wonder how whether critical thinking has just completely gone out the window, because people don't think for themselves. They like being told what to think, and that's the problem. Is that we've almost been psychologically manipulated, and I think the media has a lot to do with that. Um, and we know that the government had the behavioural insights team working round the clock to get us into that mindset. Um, so yeah, we we've been brainwashed. We're a, we're a whole planet that's been brainwashed, and a few of us didn't didn't take the Kool Aid. We didn't do it, you know. <laughs> but we but we end up in a situation where we're being punished by those who did. Uh, like in exactly. there's a classic iconic cult and kitsch series called Blake Seven, where the seven who work with Blake are actually they stop taking the pills and they escape. Maybe that's what's happened to me, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, I find it a matter of shock that woke uh, excludes people who have what you might call previously mainstream ordinary points of view, some of which are offensive, and uh, environmentalists have managed to silence science so that you're not allowed to say the things that we're discussing here. Uh, Sandy, it could be like uh, you've implied before, like many on the chat are talking about, that this is a control mechanism 
And mm. Holly's described it uh, inversion. She says it's, it's a word in, mm. inversion. Oh, incidentally, hidden in plain sight says you do know KD, by the way. But <laughs> I'm not going to get between you <laughs> and you and well, hidden in plain let's sight. Let's stick to the subject, shall we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know any more. I can't really, I can't really help you uh, on that one. Uh, I can't Bluetooth you my my thoughts on that. I'm afraid. Um, but 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 returning returning to the to the core issue here, uh, the United Nations, I think, is disgracing itself uh, because uh, there's a. I'm going to cover this next week on the show with uh, a, a real expert on on the climate. There's a legal case going behind between Michael Mann, who is being accused of uh, basically being dishonest and a chap called stein uh, who's saying that michael mann's immense intervention in making people believe that there's a hockey stick shaped increase in temperature uh, uh there's a there's a legal case and and that will to some extent define the future of the environmental agenda but with things like local agenda 21 which seem to depend on the idea of crisis do you think they can get away with this um, I think it's it's falling apart to, to a degree. I think people are seeing through the lies. And I really think that the, the whole 15-minute city thing was a step too far for people because I've been always speaking about how in Agenda 21, they, they aim to remove the people from nature and put them into smart cities. And that, although, you know, there was the smart city uh, index, which was Bristol, London, Manchester, Sheffield, uh, Milton Keynes and, and various, and Glasgow, various other big smart cities. And Bristol was supposed to be the smart city flagships, smart city of Europe. They, I think they've missed a lot of their targets and they couldn't do that. So the 15 minute cities are a way of locking people up in their environments without moving them into smart cities and I think that was a step too far for people they realized that it was actually with all the surveillance that was going on and the the data harvesting and the the the, the brutal way they weren't allowing people to move in their own locality and it was freedom of movement was the biggest problem with the minute cities and people are seeing through all this and I think the whole Michael Mann thing is is brilliant if there's going there was a court case that, that was one anyway I think that was in the states uh, if they bring it here it would be brilliant because climate gate that happened in 2009 with Michael Mann's falsified information uh he was he was working out of the um I think he was working from America but he was influencing uh the uh, I think it was the University of East Anglia and the Hadley Research Centre. And uh, uh, there was a number of exchanges of emails that were hacked by an American intelligence agency. I think it was something like 1,079 emails were hacked, where they were openly talking about hiding the decline. And that was when he created the hockey stick to make the temperatures look as though they were going up instead of going down. And so they were actively trying to hide the decline. And you only have to look at... at global temperatures over hundreds and hundreds of years, you realize that it's secular and it's to do with the sun. There's nothing to do with CO2. And CO2 has been demonized. We know that CO2 is the gas of life. It makes things grow. Without that, you, you end up with a Malthusian agenda where people, everything dies. You know, mm. nature dies and humans die without CO2. Very apposite comment because almost while you were speaking, Deborah says, Deborah Harris says, Whenever I confront a Wokey with a carbon dioxide generating machine in a greenhouse, they go strangely silent. It seems exactly. to me, Deborah, you're right. I don't think uh, Greens realize that the more carbon dioxide we have in the air, the greener the planet. That's an absolute fact. And yeah. they seem to think that 
less is more. If carbon dioxide, a bit technical here, but it's an interesting but scary thought. We're at 400 parts per million at the moment. It's a tiny amount, really. If it goes below 150 parts per million, so if we had a third of the CO2 we have now, everything dies, including we're we in do. Trouble. Us we're because, in trouble. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, and actually, there is a document that's been passed. I, 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 I flagged this up four or five years ago. Um, it's called Absolute Zero. It's the UK fires document. Now, this document um, has a timeline of, um, of, of what they want to achieve by 2030. And unfortunately, this timeline says phasing out all all um, air travel by 2030, all shipping by 2030, so no imports or exports out of the UK, all wood burning stoves, all gas appliances, all phased out. Now, this, this document is it's on the web, look it up, the absolute zero document, and have a look at that timeline of what they intend to phase out by 2030 under the whole banner of the, the CO2 lie. Yes, A and very- while we're at it, while we're at it, let's bring back burning witches and uh, uh and uh and going to war between southern counties because it takes us back to a feudal system how on earth can anyone think that to use the united kingdom as an example but this applies to other countries too that 70 or 75 million people can live on this tiny island all growing our own food it's, it's just insane Unless we unless we bypass the supermarkets, I know that a lot of the big supermarkets, because because our whole planet is being corporatized and and used as a as as a as a as a business, if you like, by them via public private partnerships. Um, that the, the the whole thing of farming is going to they're going to level that out to uh, the government with super farms. Um, all GMO crops, but also to the supermarkets. Sainsbury's have ideas about growing for their own food, all GMO food undercover. Now, you know, this is going to be unhealthy food if they if we let it happen. And this is why our farmers have got to get behind us on this. We have to really, really push this because uh, with, without any imports coming into UK, uh, or, you know, by 2030, uh, what are we going to live on? There will be no food if they can continue to stop farmers from farming. And uh, leaving aside the fact that our friends in Australia will be fine because they've got enough land. I know there's a lot of desert there, but you could probably feed yourselves and you certainly could power yourselves if you have the courage to use all that coal that you've got and uranium for that matter. United Kingdom and pretty much most European countries would be finished because a subsistence, self-sustaining agricultural program would work in very few countries. And also it's not efficient because you can forget uh, eating tomatoes in the north uh, because you'd have to artificially grow them and think about the energy usage for that. Um, Could it be that as many in the chat have been stating uh, this is another form of control, and I think you've implied that already, and that the real agenda is world government. The real agenda is world government, and this this is this is what has been going on really since the 1970s. It's um it was a plan. It's a very carefully laid plan, and I haven't got time. I'm sure I don't know how much time we've got to explain how that has progressed over the years. But it's a you, very carefully. Couple of minutes, if you're them. really quick. Yeah, we've only got five minutes before minute. the news. Okay, well, um, in in the 1970s, the big new Brzezinski, um, he declared the, the 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 technocracy movement revived from the 1930s. It's a technocratic agenda where we would all be 
uh, all, all sign up to, to surveillance capitalism, basically. Um, and all of this was was brought about and 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 brought about in the 1970s. And then it was it was ushered in, and the United Nations was way behind this with um with with a, a few Club of Rome reports. The Club of Rome was involved, and they issued a few Club of Rome reports which made the bones of Agenda 21. And they covered certain things like um, depopulation or population control. Uh, they uh, um, declared uh, a sort of almost like a war on Europe that we were the polluting West and had to make reparations to India and China. So money was shifted over there. So our, our whole industrial base was shifted over to India and China. And then the last one was really how it was called the first global revolution where they decided that we were the enemy of humanity we had destroyed the planet and that we would be the scapegoat the human beings would be the scapegoat and they would use something like global warming famine or floods or whatever to uh, and they, they said we, we 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 will use that in order to create something that will unite humanity and i can read the quote if you like um from the first global revolution which means that they decided to to use uh, the human human beings that we would be the enemy of humanity because we have destroyed the planet and they just declared that in the first global revolution and they've used that to create agenda 21 and to take seizure of, of the whole globe because all of this has been rolled out this whole climate change thing has been rolled out all over the world uh, particularly in the west the west has to fall the west is the is the problem because we we've got minds of our own in terms of Voice of Wales, and I've got something to tell, tell you about Voice of Wales, met them last weekend, uh, correctly says, in my view, they do it subtly. People don't realise what's going on, completely agree. Holly says they're aiming for complete control uh, and adds 15-minute cities are utterly dystopian, basically a prison dressed up as a utopia. That's the point that you've just made. A lot of sympathy for what you're saying here. Um, looking ahead, I can't believe the hour's gone already, What's your plan to continue the fight back since you are actually uh, currently uh, living in, in the heart of what you might call enemy territory, a bit like dances with wolves? Yeah, um, I, I think that the fight back is to continue to push the truth about this agenda, how it's been implemented, how it's against us. We are the enemy. And it actually says here, in you know, uh, uh, it's only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome because they said in searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine and the like would fit the bill. Um, in their totality and in their interactions, these phenomena will constitute a common threat which demands a solidarity of all people. All these dangers are caused by human intervention and only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. The real enemy then is humanity itself. That's from the first global revolution, which was one of the Club of Rome reports that made up Agenda 21. So they see us as an enemy, as a threat, and they made up global warming. They even said that we came up with the idea that global warming could be used to push this agenda. So they've done that over a, a period, incrementally, over a period of years. And they accelerated it and brought it uh, to fruition. They accelerated the 17 goals with the, the lockdown, because whilst we were sleeping, all the infrastructure, all the AI, the surveillance cameras for ULES went in. With Thank you so much. Uh, I'm not silencing so you, we're are. just out of time. Promise me you'll come back, Sandy. You will do that, won't you? I certainly will. I certainly will. It's Thank you very real much. 
real pleasure to speak to Sandy. Forthright, just like uh, TNT itself. And thanks for all the chat going on there. Do read the chat if you have time. It's the best way to get the most out of the program. Uh, and just one point to Hidden in Plain Sight about the KB thing. You started it. You started it. Um, coming up in the next hour, we're going to go across to Central Eastern Europe uh, to speak to Ivailo Yordanov live from Bulgaria about how the current conflicts on the on the uh, uh, European continent are affecting them. A very interesting man. He's a lawyer and a member of the governing party there. You'll get an insight, which you probably haven't heard before. We bring you new news, new opinions, and all the facts right here on TNT. See you in just a few minutes.